it's your girl Sika bringing you Sika Talks the podcast, and I'm back with another one, another week, another podcast, another week, another episode, weekly episode, all 2023. Yes, I thought I would do it, and God has given me the grace to do so. So, hallelujah, amen. Let the church say amen. Okay, so today, <laughs> today I'm blessed too. You see, even the African accent has come out, anyways. So I have this very special soul here with me today. She's just a very beautiful soul. She gets on my nerves sometimes, but it's all love. And like, I hope. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you know me with my introduction. Sorry, guys. I'm going to stay on topic. But today, this is her first appearance, like, live and colored on Sika Talks. But she has been talked about on this platform. She has graced this platform through one of her hidden talent i don't know why she's not um putting that talent out to the world i always tell her about herself concerning that talent in specific um but if you had listened to sisterly love um one of our episodes from last season she is the voice and creator of one of the poems that was written entitled soul sisters the voice behind the brain behind. I wish you guys could see the brain, but we're not going to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, this young woman here, as I mentioned, she has hidden talent. And one of her hidden talent is not spoken word because I forced her to speak the word. Um, She's a writer. She writes like she's really, really good with words. Um, So if you're getting married, um, and you need somebody to write your vows, you need inspiration, I think you should hit her up. Commission will be um, collected, so just make sure you have heavy pockets before you DM her. Um, she is a doctor, DNP to be precise. Okay, so as I mentioned, I wish you could see the brains. Um, what else could I say about my dear sister here? She... Better <clears throat> luck. She got stamps in her passport. Okay. I think she stamped it a couple times more this in the past six months that have passed. But she's everyone that has come to meet her always has a lot to talk about concerning her energy. So she's a really beautiful person inside and out. And without further introduction and without rambling anymore before somebody come and beat me up. I present to you Dr. Myra. Oh, and I forgot to mention, she's a um, Haiti babe. So all my Haiti ladies and gentlemen, you could scream for your sister here. Hey, <laughs> But she's Ghanaian, but we're not going to talk about it anyways. <clears throat> Sally for that um, flavorful introduction. <laughs> That's what we do here. <laughs> That's the best I can name it because... A lot, a lot went into that. So thank you, so <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. But um, I'm happy to be here, and I am excited for our conversation today. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. So as um, I've been posting, I've been posting a list of different topics that would like people to join me to have conversation about because, as I always say, Healing comes through conversation. If we can't talk about certain stuff, we can't unveil certain things, we won't have the knowledge about them, and we won't know how to move from certain topics. 
So one of the topics that we're going to be discussing today is church hurt. Okay. And just a little FYI or like PSA before we start the conversation. This conversation is being held to shine light on the issue and then come up with solution. We're not coming here to just nag or throw stones at anyone or anything of that sort. We are here to like, you know, grow in light and grow in healing. So if you're listening to this and you just hear this, oh God, oh yeah, those people, yeah, no, that's not what we're about to do today. Some of that might happen, but the ending, the result that we want from this conversation is love and light, okay? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Get some Jesus. Oh, all right, sister. So before we begin and I dive into, I would just want you to give us a little background on like your faith. Um, okay. So um I was born and raised in the church, like Sally mentioned. Um, I am Haitian, so um, you know, that's very common for us like to be raised in the church. Um, I was raised in a Pentecostal um environment for the most part. Um, we went to a few different churches when we were, when I was younger, but, um, for the most part, like I have a Christian background, Pentecostal background, um, Protestant, whatever you want to call it. It's a whole lot of names, but (laughs) that's really my background. Um, yeah, it was a very like, um, frequent churchgoer at the time. You know, my parents were, um, very heavily involved in the church. So we would be in church, like three times a week. Um, we'd go to church Sunday morning from like 10 to two, then come back at five for like choir rehearsal and stuff like that. Then have Sunday night service and then come back on Tuesday nights for prayer service, Thursday night, Bible study, Friday night, prayer service, Sunday morning. I mean, not Sunday morning, excuse me, Saturday morning. Um, prayer service again. So, I mean, we didn't do it like every single week faithfully like that, but it was like at least every Sunday um, I was in church for probably like the first 20, I'll say like 19 years of my life. Um, And then, you know, I went off to school. So I wasn't really, I I didn't really have a church home at that time. um, So I was kind of just um, doing my own thing. And then, you know, I would come back to church like my original church, um, when I was back home from school. Um, but yeah, like that's my, that's my background, like a pretty strong Christian background. Okay. So when we say church hurt, okay. So the first time I'm just going to give it back. Like I never knew what church hurt was and never heard what church hurt was till, I feel like a couple years ago, like to like recently where people would tell their stories about why they no longer believe in the church. They could just, you know, um, do church from home um, because the church is where like most hypocrites are and all these different things. So I personally never heard of church hurt, like even growing up as a little guy, that's not something I ever heard. But I think sometimes I think locations also um will open you up to different things um so basically from what i've understood what church hurt is um is basically 
hurt that you suffer from the people from the church or like people of Christ because the church we are our bodies are a temple so we are we are ourselves are a church um is that what what does that mean for you what does church hurt mean for you or to you to me um so i i was thinking about this question before we started and i still don't have a specific um definition because i feel like it can mean different things to different people um like you said like most of the time it stems from um the practices of like the people in the church um me personally i would say church hurt for me um would probably be just the confusion that stemmed from like different things that i that i witnessed in the church or um things that i experienced um from like church or like um things that I feel like maybe happened in my life that were kind of like passed off as an excuse of like, oh, like, well, you know, in the name of God or in the name of Jesus, like this. So I would say for me, church hurt would be like a combination of like all of those things. Um, And just like the lasting effects that it's had like on my life or during a period of my life um, and how it just shapes my, my journey going forward. So yeah, wasn't all bad, obviously, but you know, like there, there's, there's definitely some things that did happen in my life that um, did stem from like individuals in the church or church practices, whatever that um, shaped my life. So, okay. So all in all, if you feel if you want to give like details because you know human minds they love to assume stuff before people trying to put two and two together and three and three together for you um please feel free to um come as a say give examples as you're talking i don't know i just felt led to tell you that um but so all in all in the loop of things what would you say so you said it was a combination of experiences and and confusion in some of the practices, right? That caused the hurt. I don't want to confusion from like maybe seeing things just being like misaligned. Like let's say, um, I think the perfect thing would be to like you know do as I do as I say, not as I do. I think like that is the perfect analogy for church hurt for me because. Um, that was where a lot of my confusion and, you know, frustrations kind of came from when I was younger. Like, I just remember, um, just questioning a lot of things. Like I've always been like pretty inquisitive and I always, I always had a mouth on me. So, (laughs) um, I just, I would notice things like I'm being told to do this, but then like, I'm seeing like the same people that are telling me to do this are not doing it. Or, you know, this rule only applies to certain people. Like, whether it be, like, the youth versus, like, you know, um, the adult church or whether it applied to men versus women or married people versus non-married people. Like, just a lot of um, confusion surrounding, like, 
you know, what, okay, what are we actually supposed to be doing? Like, what, what am I really supposed to do? So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like talking to most people, like, of our generation, a lot of them, I feel like, that's why I said, I said that, like, multiple times before, it's like, the older church has failed us in the fact that they couldn't answer our questions, right? Whenever we have questions, they'll just hint, do as I say, not as I do. When Disrespectful. Exactly. But when we read the Bible, the main thing that Jesus did was answer questions. Like, it's through the questions of his disciples that a lot of them were taught different things. That's why one of my favorite men is Peter, because he going to ask the questions, okay? <laughs> Peter will ask the questions, okay? He will slice the ear here and there, but he, he will ask questions. Even though when he was not supposed to ask questions, he still asks questions. And, and that's one of the things that makes Christianity seem so, like, overpowering to some of us or to some people is because the leaders that are put in leadership places can't answer or roles can't answer questions but when we go to school we were told there's no such thing as a dumb question a question is a question just ask questions and when you come in the house of god when that should top everything you should be able to ask questions and get answers when the bible tells us ask and you shall be answered but then i ask you and you can't answer me so i definitely could relate to that um point of like not having questions and the question not being answered and to me as a child i felt like if i ask you a question you can't answer it that means you don't know right and and that's okay like i feel things could have been prevented from just having a conversation um, like, okay, like maybe I don't know this, like let's figure it out together or just being like a little bit open-minded. Like, I feel like that, that tends to be, um, a common thing that I've, I've spoken to with other people who have had like similar experiences that I've had. It's just like, it's my way or the highway. Um, and there's no, there's no conversation. And a lot of things seem to be based on like people's own personal fears versus, the truth um, or like the word of God. So, yeah. yeah. So like one thing I read this book, yeah, the African elephant, the title of the book is the African elephant. Why millennial millennials are leaving the African diaspora church. But I feel like that could also, he's an African man. He's an African man. He's from Ghana. So I understand why he would like brought in the umbrella to like African youth. Because that is true. Um, but I feel like that umbrella could be like brought into like the black church all in general. I don't know about the other people, but I could speak for our people. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but basically, and one thing like he mentioned that really stuck out to me was the mixture of tradition, culture, in the church mm -hmm. so you find that a lot of people tend to like mix up those three things like especially our our elders because they will tell us like oh you can't do these things but 
there's no scripture in the Bible that will back it up, but it's just a culture thing that tells us that, oh, you can't actually do this, so don't right. do that. Or like we just don't do those things. So no. <laughs> Point my period. There's no question asked, yeah. no nothing. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Um when it comes down to it, and it's just like, and that brings a lot of because as a child, if you tell a child don't go there, they're gonna ask you why. Right. If you just tell them don't do it because mommy said so, seven times out of ten, <laughs> they will go there. And I feel like the thing that also is lacking is the love that if the child still goes there, what are you doing when they go there? Are you lashing onto them? Are you like bringing down curses and wrath onto them? Or are you still showing them tender love and care? Because at the end of the day, you would know that they still, they will still go there. Um, And that's what I feel like listen to a lot of different stories, that is where people actually feel the hurt. It's like, okay, even if I went, I did go there, are you just talking about me on the pulpit? Are you using me for like examples? Or are you actually like willing to listen to what happened or what I'm going through after going there? There's there's no catching after that um after that incident happens. Cause and then I've come to understand like the church is supposed to be for the sick, right? You being in the nursing field, do healthy people come to the hospital? Barely. <laughs> exactly. Like sick people are supposed to be going to the to, to church. Like, and that environment is like, so our, I was listening to one man of God and he was speaking on church hurt. And to him, it was just like, don't, he mentioned, he was like, don't let, um, he said, don't let the, cause he said, someone would say that the hypocrite I found in the church. And he said, yes, that's exactly where they need to be. They need to be in the church. So that could be rinsed away from them. But the problem is what if those same hypocrites are in places where they are in charge of other people's souls? Right. That's when that's that confusing. <laughs> that's when the problem stems because I just watched a video this morning of this young girl. She was talking about, she, she was doing the family challenge, like before and now. And she mentioned that her dad was a pastor, right? And then as she's talking about her siblings, okay, this person is this, this person. Her dad is in jail for 20 years and he was a man of God. And everybody in the comments were just like, oh, I could guess. And she didn't say what he went to jail for, but everyone was able to assume what he probably went to jail for because he was a man of God. And I feel like that is really sad that Christianity or like, yeah, Christianity is tied to that sin in particular, even without me saying it. I know people could guess like, oh, he definitely did something with little, little younger children, which that's why he's going to jail for 20 years. And I feel like that is sad, but our mind automatically just goes with certain things because that's what is attached to it. And um, I'm saying all this to say, like, as people of God, we got to do better because that's not good. And we talk about Jesus coming. If Jesus come right now, it's going to be a whole lot of popping and popping. You know, you mentioned something about um, fear earlier. I mean, was it? no, you mentioned something about love earlier. 
Mm-hmm. They're talking about how, like, when a child does something wrong, like they need to be know they need to know that they're still gonna be loved. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I felt like where most of my um, confusion and stuff kind of was like, okay, like so if God is just not gonna love me, like because. I I was never really taught um, Christianity in the sense of like, God loves you. Like, you know, like do, do these things because like you're loved versus like, you need to fear God. Like if you don't do this, God is going to punish you and he's going to punish your kids and your grandkids and your grandkids, grandkids. Like I was like six years old thinking like, oh my God, if I eat this candy, like all my descendants are going to pay for it. You know, like just unrational like just completely don't make sense but it was because like in hindsight I realized it was because like everything that was taught to me for a long time was mostly like fear-based versus love like I remember at some point in my 20s like early 20s I'm still in my 20s but in my early 20s like um I had went to go visit a church it was an American church and like the whole message was about like God's love. And I was like, wait, this is different. Like, this is something I never, like, this is a whole completely different perspective that like hadn't really been explored Mm -hmm. with me before. So I was just, I was just shocked. Um, and just kind of like, okay, like when you view it this way, like, yeah, why would I do certain things if I know that like, you know, God loves me, like, Versus like, like you said, if you tell the child like, oh, just um, don't do this because I said so, like, I'm not going to do it those three out of uh, 10 times because I'm scared. Right. But those seven times, I'm just going to be like, all right, you know, whatever, like it is what it is versus like, -hmm. you know, like this will probably really hurt my mom if I did that, or this would probably really hurt my dad if I did that. And like, they love me so much. Like I want to return that love back to them. So I'm, I'm gonna, you know, move in a different way than I would versus like, oh, if I do this, I'm just going to get a spanking or I'm going to get in trouble or whatever it might be. So yeah, I feel like, I think, um, a lot of, a lot of churches spread messages of just like, do this, do that, or God is going to punish you, which I'm not saying God doesn't punish us, but I think there's just too much emphasis on punishment and not enough um, emphasis on like God's love. Definitely. Because um, if you look at the Bible and you look at the the story of David, you see like David was one of God's favorite, like him, like the whole Psalms are him giving like praises and worship to God. David was an adult. Like he killed somebody. Just so he could have their woman. Okay. Can we talk about that? He killed someone. He strategically led a man to his death so he could have his wife. Okay. That right there. But God did not fail to still love him. You know, like if you read most of these stories, like Moses, Moses had a bad temper. Mm. But he was one of the men in the Bible that was able to, like, see God face to face. Like, have conversation with God face to face. You know, like, and I think one thing, like, one of the, what is it? Um, advice, advice that I would give someone, definitely, it's like, formulate, like, 
Christianity is all about fellowship. And that's one of the things I feel like it's one of the notion of Christianity that's like just being like misconstrued. Like that's all when people are like, oh, Christianity is a religion. I'm like, it's not a religion. Christianity is a fellowship. If you really sit down and go through the motions of it, it's a fellowship. Because it's not the Bible itself tells us that it's not about it's not about our right doing. Like our righteousness does not come from us. Like someone could say, okay, I'm a virgin. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I go to church every Sunday. I go to Bible studies on Wednesdays. But in God's eye, they, they're not holy. They're not righteous. You know, it's not about our works. That's not what makes us righteous or holy. Um, But it's about having an actual fellowship and relationship with God. Like through the word, you're able to like learn different things and different like attributes of him. Where it's like, wow, that's interesting. Like, this is this like this is this God. Like, I remember when I was reading like the old testament, I said, I was scratching my head. I had to put my Bible down. I had to like take a walk. Cause I'm like, yo, if you don't do this, death. If you don't do this, death. If you don't do this, death, death, death. I'm like, God. <laughs> what? Oh, that's, that's it. Like, it is like to some people that are preaching that don't do this, don't do that. It's like, hmm, you know, like the more you preach up, like, don't do this, don't do that. You better have your don't do this, don't do that covered as well, because it's all a part of it. And I feel like that's one thing Like sometimes people hide behind, like, oh, you're a Christian, you're not supposed to judge. But it's like, it's not about judging. It's about it's about being plain, like calling a white paper a white paper. Like it's about being plain and simple because at the end of the day, if you're it was this great analogy that somebody, I think was it? I think it was probably one of the Perry's. They mentioned about a basket, like a jersey. Like if you have a, if you're wearing a soccer jersey, but then you wear a soccer jersey to go play basketball. Mm-hmm. You you be considered like, bro, um, you're not supposed to be wearing that jersey on this court. Like you're playing the wrong sport with the wrong with you're playing the wrong you're playing the right sport, but you have the wrong jersey on. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I feel like as Christians, some people put on that jersey and say, like, oh, I'm Christ like, I'm Christ's team, but then they're not playing the sport. And that's that's really dangerous. And the Bible says, like, listen, if you're a leader and you're doing certain things, even us as Christians, now you have to be leaders. Like, you have blood on your hands, especially if you're straining somebody away from what where they're supposed right. to be. I don't know who that message is for, but I just had to let it out. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so, the second part. So, how... So how did the hurt affect you? How it kind of like strayed me, made me stray away from the church for a little bit. I think for a while, like how I was saying, like the whole punishment thing, right? I was like, okay, well, I'm already doing this. So like, what's the point? You know, like God is probably going to strike me down anyway. And I just felt uncomfortable just being in church for a long time because it was just like, I was just looking at, I was walking in, I'm just looking at everybody as if like, 
you know, like, okay, are you really doing all the things that you're saying that I should be doing or da da da? Like, I just, it just caused me to kind of have a just negative feeling um, anytime I was going to church versus like actually like, you know, just praying or talking to God. And for a while too, like, I was just like, I didn't really have a relationship with God. I was just kind of just doing my own thing. Um, I, I, I won't say I was, you know, um, atheist or anything like that and not to say anything about those people, but I didn't get to that point. I was just, I really was just solo dolo, <laughs> like not really, you know, feeding my spirit, like with anything. I was just vibing for a while. Um, and it wasn't until like I started having like different conversations with different people, um, more so about God's love that I was like, okay, like, you know, like, let me, let me talk to God a little bit. And a, a lot of things had gone on in my life. Like this is like during the pandemic or like post pandemic, like I had a lot of loss. It was just a lot. And, you know, naturally my, my, like I said, like my background, um, is Christianity. So it's like, okay, like, what do you do? Like, what do you, what do you rely on when everything is just like falling apart? So like, I would just pray to God during those times. Um, and he would still come through for me. So, you know, it was, it was nice, but, um, yeah, I just felt like, you know, what I was dealing with originally or what I dealt with before just kind of really just made me just fearful of dealing with those things again. So I've just kind of been doing my own thing and just even now, like just still just serving God, like on my own, like I don't necessarily have, um, a church home. I don't really like, I don't go to church every Sunday. Like I'll go to church like here and there. Um, if I'm visiting a church with somebody, but I, I don't necessarily like follow the like traditional model that most people do. And that's not to say that I don't see myself, you know, um, one day getting back to having a church home and like, you know, being more active and stuff like that. But, um, for right now, like, this is just what makes sense for me. So kind of it, like, I think my journey just kind of led me to, like, being completely opposed to it to now kind of being in a place where I'm like, okay, like, I have a pretty good relationship with God. Um, like, I am I think I'm closer to God than I've really ever been, um, which is interesting. But, you know, just, I don't know. I just went off on a tangent and I lost my train of thought. So. <laughs> See, God talks will do what to you. <laughs> Hold on. I got to look for this Bible verse for you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sheesh. Holy Spirit, help me here. Mm. I would literally feel discomfort when I would be, like, walking into church because I just felt like everybody was, like, judging me. Um, Regardless of what I felt like I was going to be judged regardless, and it just made me uncomfortable and just made me, like, not want to be there. Okay. I'm listening. That's all I really had to say. I was going to ask. So, like, you say whenever you go into and you feel judged. And what could you say where that judgment will stem from? Was it, or do you think that was just in your head? Or do you really feel like you were being judged? I think it was probably just in my head, but just from, like, previous 
um, situations where I know for a fact I was definitely being judged because I was being mm-hmm. like people were calling me out on stuff that didn't even really like it was it was just a lot but I was being judged to my face and behind my back um, so I think like just those lasting effects made me just kind of just not want to be in that um, in that environment but also too like I think I was judging other people um you know just in the spirit of transparency like i was also judging other people so yeah okay so um i just put this bible verse on my heart because first of all i had to look it up so i didn't know so this is some that's crazy we're just talking about songs sign sign i can't (laughs) speak psalm 92 verse 12 is it verse 12 i should read from yeah, verse 12. Okay. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Amen. This is good. So maybe you should meditate on that word right there. But I think it's funny because you were talking about not being planted in a church. And right here it says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. So that means my translation to this is anything planted in the house of the Lord flourishes. So for a righteous to flourish like a palm tree is like a mirroring of that. Of that. Is it like, what is it? I don't know why my English, I think at the time of the, the day. The palm tree, how the palm tree, like, yeah. Blooms. You know, you been Miss Traveler, Miss Passport Stamps, you know palm trees and what they look like. <laughs> and yes, I amper too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's, um, I feel like absolutely like, you know, one day when I do find that, that home for me, I think I will definitely flourish just knowing like the different ministries that some churches offer, like, um, you know, working with kids or feeding the homeless or building houses, or even if it's like music, anything like I, I feel like, um, I've been more exposed to like different different things that people can do in the church to have like a good impact um and just to feed their spirit. So I do feel like eventually I will find that place. Um but that's that's just not where I am right now. If I'm if I'm being honest. Like I I don't I haven't found that and I can't say that I've been like actively searching for it. Um mm-hmm. but yeah that's just not where where I've I'm not planted yet. <laughs> Yeah. It's okay. Listen, that's just a word. I just don't I have. have it yet. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. it will come right. to you. It'll exactly. To like the, I don't want it to come by force or just make me feel like, oh, like I have to just go to this place, even if I don't feel comfortable there. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, yeah. Because remember, you have to be planted. So if in plant, you are a plant mama too. So if the plant is not in the good soil. 
It doesn't, it's not getting the good sun that it's right. supposed to get. It's not getting all the nutrients it's supposed to get. And it's, don't flourish. So Yes, the root. Exactly. So what time? Listen. God, may God put that place on your mm-hmm. heart. And may you flourish there. Amen. So next question. So we went over there. Okay. So the next part is, what would you say to someone who was in your position? So I know you mentioned different things. Uh, I think fellowship, like you finding, you creating that fellowship with God um, was definitely one of the factors that you mentioned. So what else would you what else would you say to someone that has gone through church hurt that is going through church hurt because i feel like there's different there might be different levels to it because just you mentioned there was the okay i'm not dealing with church folks anymore to the point where you're just like okay it's not all that bad god is here he's real he's been there for me so what would you say to someone? Um, like you said, like I feel like everybody's experience is different. Um, but you know, the topic that we're talking about is hurt, right? So mm-hmm. however that might look like for you, like that I think people should just kind of dive deep into their their own healing practice and like their own healing journey. Um, like whether it's just looking at like, okay, like what happened and like, you know, why did it happen or how did I, how would I have wanted it to like look a little bit differently or a lot differently or like, you know, is it possible for me to repair the relationship with the church or the people in the church or whatever that might've, um, might've caused what people are, are hurting from. Um, but I mean, my person, me personally, um, what I found helped me was just not putting the pressure on myself for everything to look a specific way, like not putting the pressure on myself to be like, okay, it's Sunday. I like Christians go to church on Sunday or Saturday, you know, whatever on your Sabbath. <laughs> um, like not putting that pressure on myself to just be like, okay, like I have to do this because this is what it's supposed to be like not falling, not forcing myself to like fall back into those um, like rituals or routines and just really like, okay, just sitting down and being quiet and just being like, okay, like what, what do I need right now? Like, what does my spirit need right now? Like, what am I feeling that God is trying to tell me that we need to do right now? Like, is it that I need to pray? Is that I need to read my Bible? Is it that I need to like, maybe talk to a friend about, um, you know, some questions that I might be having or like, maybe I need to volunteer, like, or maybe I need to be more kind to somebody at work. Whatever, whatever it might be, just really just taking the time to just sit down and see like, okay, what makes sense to you? Because I feel like a lot of the times people think like, okay, well, I'm just going to get up and like, go back into church. Like, that's great. But sometimes that doesn't work for everybody. Um, And I think that with COVID, I, I think that one of the good things is that like a lot of churches move their stuff online. So like, for me, what helped me as well was just like having access to, um, different sermons and you and I were even listening to some in Ghana, like um just having access to certain sermons and just I don't know what she's talking about. We was in the Ghana together. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> if y'all don't know, um Sally and I actually yeah. Disconnect <laughs> <laughs> 
telling everybody, yeah, y'all, I was living with acoustic. Yeah. This is why you don't bring anybody and everybody outside. You know, like, you got these people. Show me around the town and we our lovely sermons. Uh, what? Pastor Michael Todd, I think. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, like having access to um, literally whatever it is that you might need. Because I feel like, too, like I've had experiences where I was like, okay, I do want to go to church today. Like, let me just get up and go. And then the word might not have like aligned with what I was looking for at the at that specific time or in that specific moment. So it kind of like pushed me away because I'm like, oh man, like that's not really what I needed today. So, you know, like being able to um, just have access to the internet and just use my Bible app or, um, you know, YouTube video or something. Or sometimes people be popping up on my Instagram feed, like, I don't know, just literally whatever works for you. Like, I'm not a poster child for um, anything, really. Like, I'm just sharing my own personal experience. Um, and this is what I found has worked for me. And I, I feel like I have a great relationship with God right now. So I'm thankful for it. Um, so, yeah, I would really say to whoever, in, like, this the position where they just feel like they don't really know what to do, I would really just say, like, just be still be quiet and just have a conversation with God and just be like okay like where do you want me to go like what do you what area of my life do you want me to focus on right now that's going to bring me closer to you so yeah and it's good that's really good and I feel like the main thing that that's why I always tell people like read the bible for yourself because I've had conversation with people or like I've seen conversation among people, well, heard, seen, well, depends on social media, where they're just saying things, right? About, oh, well, the Bible does this, the Bible says this. And I'm like, where does it say it? Like, where? Can you show it to me, please? And they can't. So it's like, where did you get mm -hmm. that notion from? You know, even like with the the big thing of God's love, right? Because mm, deviating from that. One thing I want to say is do not let, I just want to bring it to a point where everybody will understand regardless of what their belief. So, you know, women, women love to, some women love to get on the internet and talk about men and this, men and that, men and this, men and that. But you see some of these same women in relationship and being in a relationship where they feel loved, respected, and it's like, oh my God, he's the one. And I want to use that example to showcase that Christians, especially people who do not, like a Christian is a person that is putting that on that jersey of I'm with Christ and I'm for Christ. And a Christian journey is not the same for everybody. Hence why it's really like individualistic is a fellowship with, uh, with God. Hence why to some people it looks like Christians are hypocrite because this person is doing this and this person is saying this, but like, so what is right? And at the end of the day, it's like, 
that person might be in a different point in their Christian journey because, as I mentioned, it's individualistic. So I used to be in the club very frequently, and I would shake my bum bum everywhere where everybody would know that bum bum belongs to Sally, where I'm in a place in time in my life where I feel like I can't do this anymore. I can't be in the club and have a good time because that's, that's, I can't do it. Like I I can't see myself in that space anymore. But then there are other Christians that could do and can be in that same space. That doesn't mean that they're not Christians anymore. It just means that like their experiment hasn't convicted them of that space. That doesn't mean like, oh, that makes them less of a Christian than I am. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like people, and that's why Christian Christianity is not a religion because it's not about if you do this, you're not. If you do this, you're not. If you do this, you're not. If you don't do this, then you're that. If you don't do this, then you're that. That's not what it is about. And it's through faith and through trials and through everything that you actually see God's love. Like one part that I've come to see is like through faith. When you put your faith in God through everything that's going through in your life, in your life, that's when you say, like, God truly loves me. Like, I didn't lose my mind when I was going through this breakup. I didn't lose my mind when I was going through this with my parents. Like, I didn't have a job and I, do, I didn't lose it. Like, my rent was still getting paid. All this was to happen. It's like God is really showcasing himself to me in these trials, you know? Um, and that's why I, it's, that's, that's the compliment of it that is um individualistic mm-hmm. in a sense so i know like as when you're raised up in the church as a child it's really hard to just like not it's hard to like come to a point where it's just like okay i'm just gonna read my bible on my own and understand it on my own some children are able to read the bible and will have the sermon of what the bible is saying to them and they will actually understand it versus you being an adult and be able to read the Bible on your own. So, and I think like change starts with our generation where we're like going through, like some of us are going to therapy, we're healing and we're doing the work that needs to be done emotionally and physically and all the lilies. So we're able to, you know, I don't say project, but like allow that light to be seen in what we do. And then when you add, when you have God attached to it, that's when like it gives like you see the full picture and it's truly embodied. Um, cause nothing is like people hide behind behind certain titles and do bad. Like you see that everywhere. Like you see that in politics. You see that in every areas of life. Um, so it's really like it's really tough when it comes to Christianity. And one thing is like. I don't want people to stand on. It's like stand on like, you know, the church, the hurt, stand on the hurt and like turn away completely from God because I've come to see like, and a lot of people tell you, God is real. Like you might see God in different areas of your life. You might think like, and that's to some people it's like, oh, God's not real because there's so much hurt going on. There's so much this and there's so much that. But that is just a reflection of who we are as humans. And who we are as parents, who we are as daughters, who we are as sons, who we are as friends, who we are as political people, who we are. It's just a reflection of us and less of God because we are the earthly beings. And he could only do what he can do if you open up and allow him to do Mm -hmm. the work. 
if you don't allow him in, he's not, he's not. The Bible says like he's at the door knocking and he's going to, as long, if you don't open that door for him to come in, he's not. So as a world, if we're not all saying like want, we've not, if we're not all singing the same song, he's not going to come down and sign on the world and do what we expect him to do when we should be doing that work ourselves. Like our, it's like a family. If you go into a family house, the reflection of the house, well, traditionally, the reflection of the house would be on the father. If there's order, if there's chaos, whatever it is, people are like, oh, that man, he's bad. Like, look at his children. Like, look at his wife. She looks miserable. They'll look at that at that head and say that, like, his action, a reflection of what his family looks like. If you go into a house and it's, like, order, the children are good, they go to school, like, it's orderly to whatever measure you want to put it on. Like, the parents will get that credit. Oh, yeah, she's such a good mom. She's patient. She's loving. She's kind. So is the husband. He's really supportive. He helps. Da, da, da. Like, that's what people look at to give an example. So I feel like that's the same thing when it comes down to us. We need to be better humans. And especially if you're going to have that jersey on that says Christ behind your back, then you need to do even better. That was my rant. <laughs> Well, I I mean, you talked about, like, expectations. Like, I feel like we as people need to maybe not, um, you know, go into things expecting that, like, okay, everybody is going to be perfect. Like you said, like, we, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're serving God, we're serving Christ, and, like, we're serving him for a reason because he was exceptional. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, I, like, I can't walk into church expecting everybody in the church to be like Jesus or to like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. We're striving for that, but um, it it doesn't, it does a disservice to like expect for everyone to just be perfect. But also, yep. people need to acknowledge like I myself am not perfect. So mm-hmm. I shouldn't be, you know, treating this person this way off of this, or I, I shouldn't judge this person off of this because I myself is am not perfect. Like you made the example of um, you know, like clubbing, like you in your relationship with God and your in your walk of faith, like you realize that that is not your thing. Like that's that's not where you need to be right now. But also somebody else who like might actually be in the club might have a different walk of faith and have like something that they're doing that you might not be doing that, you know, like it's, it's two different things. Like everybody's path is individualized, like you said. Um, so yeah, just not judging because I, because I don't steal doesn't mean I'm not, I'm, I'm like the perfect Christian or just because like, I don't do this doesn't mean I'm, I'm perfect. And God is going to like, look at me above you. And that means I should look down on you. Like we're not perfect. And that's not an excuse for people to, you know, abuse others and abuse their roles in the church. Um, but when it comes to like minor things, like I think, I think we need to give each other more grace um, and spread that love that we were talking about on the little things, <laughs> the big things, people are accountable. Yes. 100%. But some of the little things like, it's like, all right, do you really need to be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm never doing this or I'm never doing that because so-and-so thinks that X, Y, like, you know what I mean? Just the, it can be a lot sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
the little it could be times we make we make too big but um at the end of the day if your focus is on like your own relationship with god and your own walk of faith obviously yes with the whole fellowship thing like one help other people and you want other people to be on the same journey with you but sometimes you really just have to focus on yourself um but yes oh this was good what do you think do you have anything else you would like to talk about anything else i would like to talk um no i just i really do hope that (laughs) <laughs> I like made it clear like I'm not trying to come on here and be like the poster child for like oh I'm saved and I'm changing my life and I'm da 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 like I had church hurt and now I'm in church like that's really not it I really just want to just like you said like have a conversation about um a really real topic like people people are hurting like people have gone through some serious things um and some some aren't on like a smaller scale, some on a larger scale. Um, but it doesn't mean that like as because of that, like there's no hope in ever having a relationship with God. Um, and I think that for a long time I was in that space. I was just like, man, everything that I went through, like I could never see myself ever setting foot in church. I could never see myself ever even like talking to God because like how could I, how could I when X Y Z has happened? And just through my own. Um, like healing outside of religion outside of like my my relationship with god like through my own reflection and just growing up (laughs) as well um like i realized that things are not always going to be perfect um but also to like like i said just like focus on myself like focus on like what i have control over like i i can't control what anybody else does but i know what I can do. I know like, you know, what I'm learning and what God is showing me and what he wants me to do. So I just got to keep focused on that. So I I just hope other people have the same experience where like, you know, they can have a a better relationship, whatever it may look like, um, just for themselves, for their own sanity, for their own salvation, whatever you like, whatever, just, yeah. (laughs) Do you have any closing thoughts? like you know have you experienced any church hurt and like what um what advice would you give to anybody who has like I personally I never gotten to the point where I've experienced church hurt um because is I think about it because that's how I mentioned in the beginning that I never heard of what church hurt was um because I feel like as a little girl, like, I always enjoyed church, you know? I, like, I always enjoyed church. I always loved being in the presence, like, in the church. I didn't like Sunday school because people's little kids would just do little stuff. Anyways, let me stay on the topic. But I personally never experienced church hurt. Because um, I never attached, I think I never attached the person's doings to the church or to God. I just seen it like if that like some people in church do have had acted weird towards me, but I never attached it to their title or to God. Cause I just seen it that that is just them as mm-hmm. a person. So 
um, I never really attached it to to the person, to like to the church or to Christ or to God in a big emblem. I just looked at it. Oh, okay. I thought I said the person's name, so I was. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, Mr. Lewis, that's how you want to act. And then that's just Mr. Lewis acting out, you know, it's not the deacon or the elder. I feel like that's how I always saw it as. Um, but as I said, I feel like learning to know who God truly is, is because the church is supposed to be a place where you find comfort, healing, um, safety answers, knowledge, wisdom, um, love, most importantly, love, fellowship. Like the church is supposed to be the place where you're able to feel good. Like after anything happens to you in life, comfort is like church is where you're supposed to find that comfort. Um so to even hear that people, to me, it was really a shock. Like, oh my God, like people really are going through this and that's why they don't want to go to church anymore. Like it really came to a shock for me. Hence why like it was one of the topics because I actually wanted to like go deeper into it, understand why people feel that way. Mercy, mercy, I think mercy, a good lesson mercy. I've learned recently is like to reframe how I'm looking at a situation instead of looking at it like you know, why did this happen to me? Or like, how could this happen to me? Um, or like, why is this happening in general? Um, just reframing it to kind of be more like, okay, what can I take from this? Like, what can I learn from this? How can I apply this going forward? Um, like, like, I feel like there's a lesson in everything. So to me, I just feel like, Focusing on like what you can gain from this, like, or what is God trying to show me? What is God trying to teach me in this moment? Um, I think that makes a big difference. Okay, I found the verse. It's Matthew 18, verse 7. And this is the King James Version. It says, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs to be. It must needs to be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. So, in another translation, so it's basically offenses will come. Like, you will get offended, right? But another thing is like in 1 Corinthians, it tells us that love is not easily offended. So if I am in love and you offend me, I'll be able to say, okay, you acting out. What's really the issue? What's really going on? You know, you know when people project their own insecurities or their own things over somebody else, you could like they will act out in different ways. Sometimes they'll project it in different ways, like anger, malice, like jokes, like they're talking about you, but they're like joking. No, you're mm. really trying to come at me. You know? Or even like talking about leaders. Some leaders might be dealing with things in their closet. But when they come on the pulpit, they have to put up that that mask. So who can they pick on? You know, sometimes that is what is projected out. But um, I I'm not saying this to like, um, what is it? Minimize somebody's experience because we all have different experiences. But it's all about how 
and it says one to the person who the offense come through. So if I offend you, right, Myra, and you're just like, oh, well, I forgive you, Sally. It's what it is. You you might have a bad day. But and if I act like that to that person, it's going to be like, wait, hold on. <laughs> really? You just going to forgive me like that? Like, just like that? You know, when they say, like, kill them with kindness, um, that could be an instant where offense could come, where it could be another way where, like, especially if you're a child and the person is older, that might come in a different way. But on and all, it's all about, like, we're told that offenses will come. And they do come every day in different areas. And they come in different ways. But it's just being prepared and how we deal with the offenses and making sure that like, we don't pull out more hurt um, just because we've been hurt. I feel like that's that's my own and all. And I'm like, don't, please don't let the, whatever someone else has done you, has done to you, um, stop you from um, experiencing God's true love. That's what I have to say. That is all I have to say. You just gotta give it to God. Just gotta give it to God and God will deal with it. But then don't hold on to the bitterness or forgiveness because I come to learn that that, that prize is way higher Paying that price of like bitterness and unforgiveness, it's, it's, it's a high price and you don't want to be in that position. Like, it's easier said than done, but it's a work in progress. As long as you're working towards like letting things go and as a person, you feel, you feel more, you will feel so much more lighter than holding on to so many different things. Because if you're holding on to um, bitterness and unforgiveness, there's some area of your life that have to that will get choked up because you can't let go of different things so if you do believe in god you do believe in jesus christ and you do believe in his grace and mercies you know and that's why we we are called to be christ-like like the people god jesus came for the people that put him on the cross like that is what like what the people he came to save are the same people that put him on the cross because they cannot understand who he was that alone. So if you call yourself a Christian, like you might have to like, you know, learn more about what Christ did and who he is before you put that jersey on. So you can understand actually what you're telling people you actually are and what you are putting yourself out there to do. That's just my little piece or whatever. Sorry. Anything else, Miss Myra? Doctor? Nothing. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Sika Talks Podcast with another episode with Dr. Myra DMP, you know. And my prayer is that this 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 broad light is gonna bring love and light to you. God's true love and light, because I know people be using light to refer to different things. So just so my words and I <laughs> perceive or something else. <laughs> I didn't stop playing with y'all, but y'all love me. That's why y'all listen to me. <laughs> Anyways, but the list of the list of topics that I put out where church hurt. Um, so this is done. But if you have a different experience concerning church hurt and we'd like to have a conversation, please let me know. 
Um, make sure to follow Sika Talks on Instagram. Um, so you could talk about everything and anything um, with the love of God. Absolutely. Yes, and sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Sika Talks, the podcast. So, ciao. Mm-hmm. Thank you.